Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Jones, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today, we'll be airing the season finale of Honest Conversations, the show that examines the state of minority homeownership in America. In today's season finale, Sean Harding, the Chief Human Resources Officer at Caliber Home Loans, joins us to have an honest conversation on how the company maintains an inclusive and diverse workplace. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Caliber Home Loans is committed to helping customers at all stages of homeownership. Whether you're the first in your family to buy a home or just a first-time homebuyer, our focus is on getting you into the home of your dreams and helping you stay there. Contact Caliber Home Loans if you'd like to learn more. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Honest Conversations, the show that examines the state of minority home ownership in America. Today, my guest is Sean Harding, the Chief Human Resource Officer at Caliber Home Loans. And today, we'll have an honest conversation on how the company maintains an inclusive and diverse workplace. Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for joining us on Honest Conversations. Hello, Alcena. Well, Sean, I know you've been the Chief Human Resources Officer at Caliber Home Loans for almost three years, and prior to that, you've held several top HR roles for several major financial institutions. Before we dive into today's topics, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey in the financial and housing sector? Sure, and thanks again for having me on this exciting podcast today. I'll give the listeners a little bit of my background, uh, but more importantly, share some insights and things that I learned along the way in my career journey. I've been really fortunate in my career to work with and learn from some great leaders and some highly recognized companies. You know, I often joke around and say that I grew up in the credit card business at Associates First Capital years ago and at Citi. Uh, but during my 10 years at Citi, I had uh, several key HR roles. But more importantly, I was actually able to spend about five years working in the business And in that five years, spent a lot of time working in our international businesses. So I was afforded the luxury of traveling the world, but gaining some really important perspective on people and some insights into cultures. It was definitely a highlight of my career that I love to point out to people. And it was a period of time that really defined me of who I am as a person and a leader today. And then I left City and uh, joined as the chief administrative officer and the head of human resources for the residential mortgage business at Morgan Stanley. You know, at that point in my career, I really defined myself as a financial services leader, had worked across many of the financial services products, uh, but I was able to step aside and join KPMG as the executive director of human resources for their advisory business. And KPMG is such a world-class organization. I learned a lot about community involvement, partnering with other leaders, and uh, really what corporate social responsibility is all about. And I moved on. And then right before I joined Caliber, I was the head of human resources at Zome, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of Mr. Cooper. And I was hired to help launch you know, a startup, basically. And we grew Zome pretty significantly in my tenure. And that startup experience was awesome. I tell everybody they should only do it once. Um, usually they'll only survive once. 
but it really shows you that with some determination, you can create something from nothing. And at that point in my career, uh, of being a part of larger organizations, um, it was just a, 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 a rounding experience for me. And throughout all of my journey, I really realized that regardless of where people live and their economic conditions, there's, there's a lot of things that people have in common. They have dreams, they have aspirations, and they really want a life better than the generations before them. And I believe that the ability to pursue the dream of home ownership, which is what Caliber is all about, is typically a defining moment in people's lives. And I love being a part of the mortgage industry. I love being a part of Caliber because I know Caliber cares about the communities and the people we serve. And that ability to change people's lives is pretty exciting and keeps me coming in to work every day. Well, that's awesome. And it's perfect for why you're here today. Caliber is the sponsor of this amazing podcast, which has touched so many people in the housing industry. Today, I'd like to focus on specifically what the Caliber team is doing to address minority home ownership. What projects, practices, or initiatives has the company launched to promote the message of housing inclusivity? Yes, thanks for asking. I mean, this podcast is really important and it's indicative of the things that we feel strongly about in our communities and, and kind of getting the word out and how to promote the uh, message of housing inclusivity. Let's talk a little bit about first, I guess, the, the caliber footprint. We have a very large retail footprint with thousands of loan officers across the, the United States. And for us, building that, that network out in the communities that we live and serve and that tight integration of the loan officers with these communities is just a really important part of our strategy and how we believe that we can promote housing, especially in the minority communities. Uh, and we see ourselves as partners, as resource providers, as advisors, and ultimately try to build trust with these communities and the individuals so that in our minds, they're not just acquiring a home, they're actually learning how to stay in that home and eventually success is when they own the home outright. And specifically to the minority home ownership, you know, we know that first-time home buyers, which is a place that we spend a lot of time, um, need a lot more upfront hand holding than the repeat buyers. And specifically, many of the people who are first-time home buyers are minorities. And so even more so, they really need more support. And what we do is we believe that we can overlay technology in a way to reach out to people with this high-touch local strategy. And that's the recipe for really helping people on their path to home ownership. And we're a pretty diversified business. So for us, no matter how you want to interact with us, we can do it. We can do it digitally. We can do it in person. And we think it takes a combination of all of those things to really impact these minority communities uh, that, that need more home ownership. Um, we also partner with a lot of organizations, some that people on this podcast may have heard of, some that they may not have. And this is a really important part of our strategy because, you know, as they say, it takes a village and you need a lot of people working together to really move the needle. So NAMBA, which people are probably familiar with, NAREP, um, and, you know, an interesting uh, uh, data point there um, recently, NAREP announced that Caliber Home Loans ranked number two in the most originations by Latinos by any lender. And, you know, that takes an effort to really make progress. And with partners, you know, we can uh, move the needle even further and we've made great progress there. 
And there's other organizations that people, you know, may be less familiar with the National Fair Housing Alliance, National Low Income Housing Coalition, and they're doing some really meaningful work and it's really targeted work, which is what I, what I love. And the last thing that I'll mention for us is that we try to take a leadership role also uh, horizontally, things like veteran support. We hire veterans to support veterans. We have a dedicated team that works across our platform. And our active service member are an extremely diverse population that cut across um, many of the communities we serve. And that transition from from being an active service member into civilian life, um, a big piece of that is often purchasing the home. And we feel like we're there to provide that support in a unique way. So it's a multi-pronged approach, but these are a few things that uh, I wanted to mention today that we're doing specifically to, uh, to move the needle. Now, we've heard what you're doing in the market to address housing equality, but what are some of the ways you maintain an inclusive and diverse working environment for your employees at Caliber? Yeah, you know, I'll start off by just making, you know, a, a clear statement. You know, Caliber is committed to diversity and inclusion. And if I'm a listener to the podcast, I'm going to ask Sean Harding, well, what are you, just what you said, what are you doing to support that? How do you kind of put your money where your mouth is? And for us, it, it all starts at the top. Sanjeev, our CEO, is a, a huge catalyst for change. He's a big advocate in this space. And, uh, and he sets the tone at the top. So on a daily basis, we're encouraged to pursue, you know, a company-wide strategy that we've agreed to as a leadership team. The executive team's fully bought into that strategy. We actually meet every quarter. A lot of people probably don't know this even internally as a leadership team, as our executive team, and spend a couple of hours really just holding ourselves accountable. We talk about progress. We talk about initiatives, what's working, what's not. And, uh, and that really helps us keep our commitments to each other and most importantly to our employees. And I feel my role as the lead HR leader is really to connect all the dots across the company. And I'm really proud of the successes we've had. It's not always perfect, but the level of engagement from our employees, the feedback we receive, the support that we uh, garner when we try to do something uh, from our employees has been, um, has been awesome. And for us, it's extremely important that our employee base represents the diverse communities that we serve. And I talked about our communities in the previous question, uh, but we, uh, you know, we have to make sure that we make progress to make sure that's true. And last year, we hired over 50% of our entry-level recruits that were minorities. And today, over 60% of our workforce is female with about 50% of our leadership positions being held by women. And that's a deliberate effort. I mean, we feel really strongly that we have to have the same representation. And, you know, we, we try to tackle this from all angles. Again, I'm sure it's not perfect, but we tackle it tops down. We tackle it bottoms up with who we hire and who we promote. We, you know, we try to set the values we want to live by. And, you know, we try to support the invest in the communities. And how we do that, especially in our communities, is again through partnerships. Uh, one of the partnerships that I'm really proud of is with an organization called Year Up. And some of the listeners may have heard of Year Up. I think they partner today with about 250 companies across the US. And their focus is simple. They take, you know, underserved, disadvantaged youth around 18 to 24, I think is the sweet spot of their age. And they try to create 
professional, meaningful career paths for them, but they need partners to do that. They, they provide the skills, the support, but they need to get those experiences. And this has really been, um, uh, I think, a flagship program for us and our community involvement. And they work across 26 of our communities. And for us, it's really important because this, you know, to, to again, bring this full circle, this new talent pool actually becomes the future homeowners and the future customers and the future influencers of change. So my goal always in our partnership with Year Up is that these these youth that are now becoming professionals and having careers need to be educated and ultimately become homeowners and then educate that next generation. So I'm really excited about that partnership, as you can tell. And then, you know, the last couple of thoughts, I think internally, we have to continue to support and we have to continue to help um, nurture the culture that uh, is inclusive. We have these employee resource groups that we started um, last year and where you have six today and these groups um, really help become the eyes and ears of what's working and what we can do better as an organization. And it and there's, there's a direct linkage to them helping with our diversity and inclusion strategies. And the groups do more than just that. They they help support financial literacy, community development, career development. It's a really highly engaged set of individuals. And uh, we're adding a couple of more groups uh, this year. Um, and again, these are all employee-led, and, uh, and and there's already two more in the pipeline. So we'll continue to nurture that enthusiasm in- internally. And, uh, you know, I- I'll also say that in our local communities, we, um, you know, we'll take some of the ideas from these groups and we'll pursue it. And uh, we entered in a relationship, for example, uh, near our headquarters in Dallas. And for those of you who are familiar with Dallas, there's a academy called the Friends of Barack Obama Male Leadership Academy. It's located in Oak Cliff. And, uh, you know, this was an idea that we explored and learned more about this organization. And similar to the year up, they have a, a pretty rigorous education program that helps young men turn into leaders and role models in their community. And, uh, it, again, it was a great partnership that exemplified what we were trying to do as an organization. We actually have one of our senior leaders that's now on the board. So not only are we providing financial support, we're actually providing leadership, um, which is important. And our employees, with all of the things that I've mentioned, have responded pretty positively, expressing their appreciation for what we're doing. Again, we don't always get it right. But in our latest Pulse survey in March, 89% of our employees said they would recommend Caliber as a best place to work. And uh, that makes me really proud. And it gives me some some comfort that a lot of the things that we're doing are actually making a difference. Well, that truly is amazing. We know how a company conducts itself is a reflection of how they treat their customer and clients. And as a leader in the housing space, I would love to know your message for the industry. The next two questions are my favorite part of the Honest Conversation interviews, which is what is your biggest area of concern for minority home ownership and what can the industry do today to address the gap? Yeah, this is an absolute great question. uh, And this is a hot button for me, for sure. Uh, You know, late last year, I was privileged to participate in the Inclusive Recovery Series hosted by the Clinton Foundation. And a big focus in this series was affordable housing. And they termed this kind of phrase of rebuilding the American dream. And I left that series even more convicted to my beliefs. 
And, you know, I, I strongly feel that the lack of employment opportunities and the resources for education and financial literacy in these communities are the absolute biggest roadblock when it comes to minority home ownership. And, you know, I know you tackled this topic of the importance of financial education for minority borrowers recently. So thank you for that, because we have to keep the dialogue on the forefront. Um, and, you know, and, I, and I've learned over the years, if I combine this with my HR experience, that skill development and creating a stable employment opportunities or a set of stable employment opportunities are critical to wealth building. And ultimately, that's how people enable their dreams of homeownership. And, you know, my call to action when I met with the Clinton Foundation was that corporate America needs to step up. I mean, they, they have to accelerate and solve what in many communities are, are complex and systemic issues. And in particular, you know, organizations need to focus differently on how they design their entry level positions, how they design their career paths. I think the pandemic has actually open doors for corporations to think differently about their roles and their workforce. And uh, I think the use of remote work and where they place employees and allow employees to work uh, is something that should be targeted in the diversity strategies of how they can bring the workforce that may have been underserved into traditional mainstream roles. But again, it has to be with design changes, not just, um, you know, opening the doors in those communities through remote work. And, uh, you know, I, I tell people a lot as I, as I speak with individuals and some of my peers that uh, if there's anybody out there, any company that doesn't feel prepared to tackle this kind of topic, because uh, the topic of minority home ownership and, and employment can be somewhat daunting, there is such a strong uh, group of nonprofit organizations out there, like the ones that I've mentioned in this podcast, that are ready to do the heavy lifting. They're changing the game. They're equalizing the playing field. They only have certain pieces of the puzzle. And although they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting, they need partners and they need support from uh, corporations. So, you know, when you ask about what the industry can do, um, I, I think uh, oftentimes about the Nike phrase, just do it. And I think, um, you know, if, if people are listening to this podcast and they're not doing anything, I feel like they just need to get started and they need to find some partnerships and, uh, and ultimately have the goal to expand our workforce, break some of these cycles. And ultimately, that's how we're going to get to creating more home ownership opportunities for minorities. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about what Caliber is doing in this space, but I'm also excited to partner across our industry and across other industries uh, to increase the opportunities for our, our minority homeowners. And I love that. Just do it. Well, Sean, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'd like to thank the overall Caliber team for sponsoring this important podcast. It's been amazing hearing so many passionate professionals champion the cause and discuss what they're doing to drive change. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to this amazing season. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing Housing Wire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Elsina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more.
That's a wrap for today's episode of Housing Wire Daily. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, and join us again tomorrow.